friends. Welcome to the Unlikely Mentors Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Mitzi. And each week, we'll share tidbits of wisdom we've learned through life and through our rather unusual friendship. Welcome to episode number 53 and the first episode in our mini-series about mental health. Hey, Mitz. Good morning, Kelsey. Hey, you know, we took a little break after our one-year anniversary, and we are coming back with a slightly different format in our second year of the podcast, where we're going to focus on one topic for a few weeks in a row in these sort of mini-series formats. And the game plan for this mini-series is to focus on mental health for the next five weeks. We're going to start by talking about why mental health should be a priority, how to find help if you need it. Um, We're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about mindfulness with Kathleen Belongi. And we're going to end by talking about mental health for students and kind of how that's different. And so we are excited to get started because mental health is such an important topic, although it is one that we know is kind of hard. It's a hard topic, right, Mitz? It sure is, yeah. So, Mitz, as we dive into this topic of mental health, can you start us out by explaining what we mean by mental health and why we think it's important to talk about? Sure. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act, and it also helps determine how we handle stress And if we handle stress well, we make good choices. If we don't handle stress well, we don't make very good choices. And the other thing is that mental health is important at every stage of life. We're not born mentally healthy and then just slide through life on those coattails. We have to be mindful of it throughout our childhood, adolescence, and into adulthood, and even to seniorhood. So I like this definition. It's from the World Health Organization. Mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities and can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. So, Kels, that's kind of an academic description of mental health. Can you talk a little bit about what that might look like in real life? Like, what are the characteristics of someone who would be considered mentally healthy? Yeah, for sure. I think the stress piece is interesting that everyone's going to have stressors in life and a mentally healthy person is going to not become overwhelmed by emotions, whether it be fear, anger, or even love, right? But can mm-hmm. see keep perspective through all of those things. Uh, mentally healthy people can have lasting personal relationships with other people. They're comfortable around other people. They can laugh at themselves and along with other people, right? Which sometimes is hard for us. Uh, they have respect for themselves and for others and uh, can really make good decisions throughout their life while just generally feeling good about themselves. And this last one that I think is interesting and, and I like is that mentally healthy people uh, know how to relax and take a break when they need it. Okay, Kels, I'm going to stop you right there and ask you what you do to relax because I know that you're really busy and you don't have hours to spend watching Netflix or sunning yourself or whatever it is people do. So as a busy person and a basically mentally healthy person, I think, can basically. you tell us about that? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you ask because I was just listening to another podcast called the Lazy Genius Podcast, and it was episode number 77. I actually listened to a lot of them. I was driving through the night back home from Florida, and I drove from the midnight to 5 a.m. graveyard shift. And I, I was doing fine. I was like never tired or anything, but I listened to the Lazy Genius Podcast for probably three hours. And so anyways, in this one episode, she was talking about resting. And she talked about this phrase, which I really liked. She called it sitting down on the inside. And like, what makes you feel like you are sitting down on the inside? And I really liked that phrase. Uh, I liked the mental imagery of like, yes. And, you know, like just, uh, you know. Exhaling. Yes. And so I was thinking about what made me feel like I was sitting down on the inside. And it was pretty hard to come up with. But two things came to mind. One is when I am reading in bed at the end of the day, I that makes me feel really relaxed unless my children are not in their beds like they're supposed to be. <laughs> and then the other one is um, when we're recording this, Chris is in soccer season and I'm doing a lot of the girls is like activities alone in the afternoon. So we eat dinner, just the three Freilich women. And um, sometimes it gets a little chaotic at the dinner table with a two and four year old. And, but when I put on music and sometimes it's Jesus music and sometimes it's Jack Johnson, uh, but that playing music, like it sort of makes us all sit down on the inside and like, it's, it's just a little relaxing tidbit, or maybe it takes my mind off of the chaos so I can feel like, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, I love that. Sitting down on the inside. Listeners, I want to challenge you to think about that and tell someone what you do to sit down and relax on the inside. And I got to think of that today. I'll ask Kels, you. would you yeah. check? Yeah. I'll check in. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So looking after your mental health can preserve your ability to enjoy life. Doing this involves reaching a balance between your busy life activities and your big life responsibilities. And their conditions such as stress, depression, and anxiety, they can all affect mental health and disrupt a person's routine. Yeah, it it seems so obvious the importance of mental health to me, but I know that it's not to everyone and certainly not historically has it been something that has been talked about much. And so in my research, I noticed that the WHO, which you mentioned, the World Health Organization, they stress that mental health is more than just the absence of a mental disorder or disability. Like your best mental health is about not only avoiding the negative conditions, but also looking after seeking out ongoing wellness and happiness. And it's maybe harder to do than we think. A couple stats, because I, you know, love statistics. In the U.S., the National Alliance of Mental Health estimates that almost one in five adults experience mental health problems each year. One in five. Wow. Um, I know. In 2017, 11.2 million adults, or about 4.5%, had some sort of severe psychological condition. So we're talking like major depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, etc., And then in the U.S. and a lot of developed countries, mental disorders are one of the leading causes of disability and and can cause people to not be able to go to work just like a physical ailment would. And Mm -hmm. so, Mitz, in this series, we have decided we're going to focus on mental health and not mental illness. Can you quickly tell us the difference between those? 
Yeah. Uh, before I do that, though, that reminds me of something that, that you said about um, mental health. In a previous episode uh, that was about boomers and millennials, we discussed the idea that boomers believed that to be physically healthy was to be without any physical illness. But the millennials have taught us that it's much more than that. It's eating right and getting exercise and being able to relax and enjoy life. And I would say we need to do the same thing in the same thinking with mental health. It's not enough to be absent, uh, absent of mental illness. We want to thrive emotionally and have a high quality of enjoyment in this life. Okay, so although the terms are often used interchangeably, poor mental health and mental illness are not the same things. A person can experience poor mental health and not be diagnosed with a mental illness. But for the next few weeks, we'll be focusing on mental health and not mental illness. Yeah. So mental illness would be things like the schizophrenia, clinical depression, bipolar. Those We're not going to focus on those. We're going to look at just right the mental health. The, uh, the positive aspects of being healthy emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Good. And so it's important to remember that a person's mental health can change over time, depending on many factors, as I said before. And when the demands placed on a person exceed their resources, I love the way this is said, and coping abilities, their mental health could be in jeopardy. Mm, I like that too. And here's what I really like about that. Your mental health is not stagnant and you are not stuck. You don't have to stay in a poor mental health state. And, and I like that. I like that it gives the power back to us, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. in this past year, rates of depression and anxiety have increased by 11% in, in one self-reported study that I read. And I think the most obvious reason for this is being in lockdown, having our lives totally disrupted by this pandemic. But I love knowing that it can, and I believe will change. Like it, it just, it gives us hope, which we'll talk about in a future episode, which is so important. So Mitz, has there been a time when you've struggled with your own mental health? Wait, you're asking me to divulge this in <laughs> front of the thousands of listeners? It's very personal, um, Mitz. Yeah, it is. Um, so guardedly, because that's how I do things, I, I will say that, yes, I have dealt with um, some depression and anxiety in my life. And I you know, there's something I, I like to call it situ- situational depression or anxiety. And that's when, you know, something, if something big happens, something sad, you lose a loved one, you are going to be very sad and maybe depressed because there is actually something to mourn or be sad about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have had a number of those um, uh, experiences in my life. So yes, I felt that deep sadness. I, I'm not sure that I would actually call it depression. But I, I will say with anxiety, I have a, a couple of things with my family, um, my kids. Um, my oldest son was in a bicycle accident. Uh, he got hit by a car when he was 15, and it was really touch and go, and he was in a coma for a long time. And mm. that was really scary. And then, of course, yeah. Dave, I've mentioned before, Dave had a, a real health issue about 10 years ago. And, and you're kind of walking in this, um, you're kind of walking on eggshells. Egg and I kind of describe it was I, I just kind of put a bubble around myself, and I just do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I, when I came out of that, I looked back and I realized that, that I was dealing with anxiety and that's how I was coping until I could take it out and 
and talk about it and, and um, do some uh, things that would help uh, yeah. alleviate that and get me through that. So yeah. how about you, Cal? So you're young, but I know yeah. you've got some stuff. Yeah, yes. And and I've lived a very great life in my 32 years of life. But I... Wait, 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 wait. Happy birthday, Cal. I think you turned 32 day. Love yeah, it. As we're recording this, I turned 32 today. It's very old. Uh, so I would be one of the people who self-reported having some some sort of depression in the last year. And I've talked about it before, but last spring was super hard. I went to the doctor and pretty much said, give me the blood work because there's something wrong with me. I don't know if I'm pre-diabetic or I have mono or I have low iron. I don't know what it is, but like there is something wrong with me. I'm not feeling myself and I want to know the answer. And so, you know, I waited for the blood work to come back and I got the results and all my blood work was normal. I, I remember you were hoping you had mono or diabetes right. or something. <laughs> I don't hope I had diabetes, but like, but here's yeah. the thing. I wanted to be able to take a pill and fix something. I wanted to be able to say in three weeks, I'm going to feel better because I have mono. So I'm going to lay in bed for three weeks. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to be sick, but I was sick. And it just turns out that it was mentally, I was, I was struggling. And when I found out there was nothing to physically take a medicine for because I it wasn't severe depression, right? I it was mild to medium depression. And when I found that out, I I lost it. I totally <sighs> broke down because I wanted an easy fix and it wasn't there. And so that was hard. Um and I made some changes and and did some things that that helped get through that time. The other time that um, I think I had a touch of maybe what I would call depression is after I had Lainey and uh, maybe a touch of postpartum depression where I just lost mm-hmm. motivation. I was sad. I didn't feel like I was properly enjoying my maternity leave. And, you know, postpartum depression is so common with women. And sometimes it's just the baby blues and sometimes it's a little deeper. Um, but definitely another time where I struggled with mental health. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when, when that was happening with you and you you didn't know you didn't know what was wrong because you didn't I don't even right. remember how to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I didn't feel like running. I didn't wasn't I just lost motivation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know what? We've we've kind of painted a bleak picture here. Mental health is hard. Things are hard in the world right now. But we are not without hope and we definitely aren't giving up. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how we can fight this and support each other, support those we know, because we know that all of you unlikely mentors are fighters and we don't give up and we definitely do hard things. So we're going to chat about the benefits of therapy, how to find help, how to find hope in tough situations. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, talk about mindfulness and then and then our, our high school and college students who, who can struggle with mental health as well. So, but Miss, before we go today, will you give us a few simple things that we can do to increase our mental health this week? Like someone is struggling, they need some tangible to-dos this week to make them feel better. What do you got? Yeah, I love this. And and these are all, uh, these are things that I think we've all heard and um, they're very simple, but they work and you don't need a prescription for them. Yeah. So number one, move, take mm-hmm. a walk. Science has shown that even a 10 minute walk can help clear your mind and elevate your mood. I love that. 
Uh, Second one is practice meditation. There are countless studies that prove that meditation reduces stress and helps you stay centered. And there are so many different ways to meditate, and it doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged and saying om. It can be some some really cool stuff, and we're going to talk about that in a subsequent episode. Another one is connect with a friend. I've learned that sometimes the answer to my problems is to just simply reach out and talk to a trusted friend. And and social isolation can be devastating, so connection with even one person is just so important. Yeah, and you could even take a walk with a friend. Just an idea. Oh, yeah. Two birds with one stone. And then you could do this next one together, too. You could practice gratitude. And I know that sounds cliche, but practicing gratitude changes your heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the last one, um, maybe we can combine that with moving, but get outside. Just being out in nature reduces anger, fear, and stress. So uh, do all of them, do one of them, and do it today. I love that. I love that these, I truly could do all of these things every day. It would take 15 minutes, literally. I could practice gratitude. I could meditate for five minutes, go for a 10-minute walk, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. connecting with friends doesn't have to be walking with them because that's harder to do, but it can be a text, right? It can be a FaceTime mm-hmm. call. So friends, we hope that you are feeling good this week, that you are happy, you're finding things to look forward to. Thank you so much for being with us as we enter our second season of The Unlikely Mentors. Your support is amazing, and we would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram. We absolutely love hearing from you, and we hope you have an awesome week. Bye. Thanks for listening.